0: Lord God, we thank and praise you for the privilege we have of talking to you in prayer. During these 40 days of prayer, take us to a deeper place in our personal prayer life that we may grow in this close relationship you desire to have with us. In your name we pray, amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. We are in our sermon series on the 40 days of prayer, and today's theme is a beginner's guide to prayer. I guess I should say right off that that title is not intended to be offensive to anyone who maybe has been praying for many, many years, but it is a reminder that we all can be growing in our prayer life. Sometimes I think it's good to review the basics of our Christian faith. And there certainly is always room to learn more and more. And I think we're in good company with even the likes of Jesus' disciples. In Luke 11, verse 1, it says One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I hope that that is your prayer and mine today. Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus did teach them, spend a great deal of time teaching them about prayer. And I think he wants to teach us also. You know, sometimes we can become frustrated with our praying. And I think some of those frustrations are caused by our own misconceptions about what prayer even is. Let's talk about a few of those misconceptions. First of all, prayer is not a magic wand. You know, some people sort of view prayer as, as this magic wand that we pull out when we want something, you know, and if I just pull out my magic wand and say my prayer, then poof, the circumstances are going to change or I'm going to become rich or whatever it is, I just wave my magic wand. But God is not like that. God is not a genie in a magic bottle, so to speak, where we just rub on that magic bottle with our prayers and we expect God, the genie, to pop out and say, Your wish is my command, Master. That's not the way God operates. In fact, I would say that would not be a loving, very loving thing for Him to do. God loves us too much to simply give us everything we ask for, because God wants what is best. For us. So prayer is not a magic wand. Secondly, prayer is not a fire extinguisher. What do I mean by that? You know, sometimes you'll see a fire extinguisher and it's in a wall in a public building with a glass case in front of it, and there's a little sign that says something like, Break glass only in case of emergency, right? That fire extinguisher is for use only in the case of emergency. And that's the way some people view prayer. You know, when when there's a crisis, when there's an emergency, then I pull out prayer and I go to God in my crisis. Now, don't get me wrong. In times of crisis, we certainly should go to God in prayer. Absolutely. The question is, is that the only time we're to pray? Prayer is not meant to be a last resort effort. Rather, it ought to be our very first choice of the day. Every day, God wants to hear from us. So prayer is not a fire extinguisher. And the, and the third misconception, prayer is not a tug of war, a tug of war with God. You know, some people have the idea that they have to beg and beg and beg and beg from God some more to, to get him to give up something. Or maybe having to bribe God in order to pry something away from him or, or strike a bargain. God, if you do this, I'll do this. That's not the way God operates. That has the assumption that God is against us somehow, pulling against us rather than being for us, as if we have to wear him down with our efforts just to try to get something we want. But we need to understand that God wants to answer our prayers, but he's always going to answer them in the way that he knows is best for us. So it's not a tug of war against someone who's opposed to us. So what can we say about prayer? Today I want to talk about four things. I'm calling them four foundational truths about prayer. Let's take them one at a time. If you want to jot these down somewhere on your bulletin for some notes, feel free to do that. But the first foundational truth about prayer is this. God loves for you to talk with him about anything. He really does. It it, it brings him joy. He, He desires for you to talk with him about anything, and nothing is too big or too small to bring to the Lord in prayer. I mean, think about it. God loves you as his dear child. He is your dear heavenly father. You know, when you love somebody, you are interested in the things that they're interested in. If your spouse has an interest in a certain thing, you're interested in those things too because you love your spouse. If your children have an interest or a hobby that they're involved in, you're interested in that too because it's important to them and you love them. Well, the same is true of God, your heavenly father. He's interested in the things you're interested in and nothing is too small. He's interested in your hobbies. He's interested in your work, your family life. He's interested in the things that interest you because he cares about you. And so I, I think we should heed the invitation to talk to him because he truly is eager to listen. Psalm 103, verse 13 says this The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who reverence him. See, God, our loving heavenly father, wants to hear from his children. He really does. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small to talk about with God. In 1 John 5, 14 and 15, one version of that says this, we can be confident in approaching God knowing that, first of all, He listens to us whenever we ask Him for anything according to His will. And since we know that He hears us when we make our requests, then we can be sure that He will answer us. Did you catch it? He listens to us, he hears us, and he will answer us. That Old Testament reading for today was from Jeremiah chapter 29, and people often miss the verse after verse 11. I want to read verse 11 and then verse 12, because verse 12 says something very important too. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12 from the New Century Version reads this way. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. That's verse 11. Now comes verse 12. Then you will call my name. You will come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I will listen to you. That's a promise from God. It's an invitation to come and bring it all to him. Because God is interested in everything you're interested in because he loves you. So talk to him. Talk to him about anything. A second foundational truth is this. God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. In other words, you don't have to use flowery words or fancy phrases in your prayers to God. You don't have to speak to him in... King James English, in order for him to understand what you're saying. It just needs to be honest and genuine and authentic. It needs to come from your heart. It needs to be real. And it needs to just be simple. It can be as simple as you talking to your best friend. God, I really need help today. I need help with this issue right now. And you know what? Simple is good. Longer is not necessarily stronger when it comes to prayer. Jesus had something to say about that in Matthew chapter 6. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Within that passage, there's, there's some key points. I, I just want to summarize them. First of all, don't use prayer to show off or to try to impress other people or impress God. He's not impressed with that at all. Secondly, be sincere in your prayers. Let them be authentically from your heart. Third, keep it simple. Longer isn't stronger. And finally, stay humble or you just might Stumble. The bottom line on all this is seen in this next passage from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, where it says, let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith, a sincere heart and a sure faith. It's a sincere heart and a simple certainty of faith in God, sincere and simple. That's the way God desires it. A third basic foundational truth about prayer is this. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. He really does. He likes to show his grace, his love, his care by answering prayer. With every single prayer that God answers, he shows that he is a good, good father. Even when the answer is no, or not yet when we make a request. Sometimes God says no or or not yet. All of that too is out of grace and love. Let me ask you, does a loving parent of a child give that child everything the child asks for? Certainly not. A loving parent knows that some things would not be good for that child even though he or she asks for it. and And so out of well-being for that child and a care and concern for that child's uh, safety and protection, sometimes parents have to say no or not yet. It'll be better for you later on. So it is with God. Somebody once said that there are four ways that God answers prayer. Uh, There's no, there's yes, there's wait, and then there's you got to be kidding me. Well, certainly there's yes, there's no, and there's wait. But as Garth Brooks sang in one of his songs, thank God for unanswered prayers. Thank God he didn't always say yes, right? I know there's some things I've asked for that I am so glad he didn't give me. It wouldn't have been good. God is all wise, and sometimes the best answer is no or wait. In Jeremiah 33.3, it says, call to me and I will answer you. I will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. God always answers, yes, no, or wait. And it's always a response of grace. It's always done out of love. God is always at work for our good, not for our harm. You know, a vending machine might very well give you something that's not very good for you but God will only give you what is good for you. In Matthew seven eleven, Jesus said, if you, being imperfect and sinful parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? He will give good things to those who ask him. And now notice at the end of what he said there, he wants you to ask Him. He wants you to ask him. James 4 verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You have not because you ask not. God loves you as his dear child and he invites you to ask, seek, knock, come to him in prayer and he will answer according to his gracious will for you. So keep in mind these foundational truths. And number four is this. God longs to be close to you. He longs to be close to you. You know, if you're ever away from someone that you love for any length of time, you know that feeling of wanting to be again in communication. You want to talk to that person. You want to reconnect with them. Find out what's going on with them. You desire to be in communication. Well, God is waiting for you and me as well to talk to him. He longs to be close to us. I remember a long time ago seeing a bumper sticker on a car that said, if you feel far away from God, guess who moved? It isn't God who moved away from us. We tend to move away from him. You know, we, we, we basically ignore him. We don't pray to him. We try to do things on our own, and then we wonder why God seems so far away. He's never gone far away. He's right there. We've moved away. God desires to be close to us and invites us into that close personal relationship of faith in him. And think about it. God proved his desire to be close to us, first by coming into this world in person, That's how much he wanted to be close to us. Christmas is all about God wanting to be close to people and wanting us to be close to him forever. Jesus is that word made flesh, that God in a human body who was born in Bethlehem to be our Savior, who was born to make it possible for us to be with him close For all of eternity. And then, out of amazing love for people, God made the ultimate sacrifice. And He took that innocent son of His, the babe of Bethlehem grown to be the man, Jesus, who gave His life on a cross. And He did that just so that you and I could be close to Him forever. And that same loving God who who did everything to make it possible for us to be close to him for all of eternity also wants you to be close to him right now. He wants you to know the closeness of a personal faith relationship with him. And prayer is a part of that. Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, the Lord waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. And Jesus himself said to his disciples, I don't call you servants. I call you my friends. That's what he calls you too. Friends. We are friends of Jesus. And it's all about a close personal relationship. You know, we were put on this planet for one main reason. Oh yeah, we have lots of other things that we do. We we work, we do a job, we, we provide for our families, we have relationships, we, we have uh, uh, friends that we care about and so on, but we were put on this planet for one main reason, and that is to be in relationship with God himself. Psalm 25, verse 14 says, Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. With them he shares the secrets of his covenant. It's a close relationship, you see. Let me ask you to imagine something for a moment. Imagine that Jesus, in his physical body, is sitting in your living room in your house or your family room, you pick. I want you to envision that. Look at your house and Jesus is sitting in your living room or your family room. Now, can you imagine going through a whole day completely ignoring him? You walk through the room, you walk right by him, you don't say anything. The whole day goes by, you never say anything to him. You completely ignore Jesus. None of us would do that. We would all be eager to to talk with him, to listen to him, to learn from him, to sit at his feet and gain his wisdom and to pour out our needs to him. Well, friends, he's right there every day. And he desires to hear from you. And he desires to be close to you as a good friend. In James 4, verse 8, it says, Draw close to God, and God will draw close to you. In the rest of these 40 days of prayer, we're going to explore further how to draw close to God in prayer. Keep these four foundational truths in mind. God loves for you to talk with him about anything, about anything, nothing's too small. God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. Thirdly, God likes to show his grace by answering prayer in the way that he knows is best for us. And then God longs to be close to you. I want to close with two questions. The first one is this. In what area of your prayer life do you want to improve? Just answer that for yourself in the silence of your own heart and mind. In what area of your prayer life do you want to improve? And then secondly, what is one thing that you will do differently this week to go deeper in prayer? May God... Draw us closer to him in prayer as he draws close to us by his grace. Amen. may the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, we gather the offerings for the Lord's work. Would you also write your name and other information in that black registration booklet in the pew and pass that to your neighbor, please?